say Jalen Davis? Yeah, the rookie. You mean Jammin? Oh, my fucking bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just liked him in the process, so I... All right, welcome back to another episode of Clubhouse Combos. I believe episode 23 on this fine Saturday, 24, on this fine Saturday in August. A bit of a hot one today. Evan, I can see you fought the sun, and and I don't think you came out on top. How was your week? You know, two weeks. It was was good. It was good. I was in New Jersey, uh, Long Beach Island uh, this past week, so I couldn't hop on the Gridiron podcast, Uh, but it was a ton of fun this week. It was just good to be away, get on vacation uh, today. Obviously, I'm sunburnt. I'm cranky. I'm ready to debate some fuckers. Let's go. I'm ready to fight. Uh, I'm excited for the pod. Uh, before I throw it over to our other co-hosts here, uh, we have not recorded the Gridiron podcast yet, so you haven't missed that. Intro. Intro. Uh, have not recorded that either, so I'm a bit confused on what you're talking about. You, oh, was you there the not intro. an episode that okay. I listened to got in the you, car got today? Got you. Sorry. When, when you say intro, I keep thinking the intro to the episode, oh. not the intro episode. Oh, okay. Anyways. I was like, well, uh, what the fuck did I listen to in the car today? Yeah, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'll welcome in our second co-host, Connor Newman. How are you tonight, buddy? I'm pretty fucking tired. I played five hours of golf today, which uh, is fun. I, I got a question for you. It's 90 degrees outside. What's the need for the blanket? I don't know. I'm just I'm just a big blanket guy. It's very comfortable. <laughs> okay. Uh, and our third co-host tonight, Dan Hayes. How are we, buddy? Cape Cod shirt. I know you spent a week. How was it? Uh, the Cape was good. Um, today I went up to Lake Winnipesaukee, drove the boat around for a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm doing good. Nice, Dan. Dan, moving Sounds into like school a great soon day. as well. Indeed, football camp. Let's go. Speaking of let's go, shall we hop into the pod? Absolutely. All right. Let's kick it off with a little NBA free agency. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, Some big signings here. We're not going to make you want to rip your eardrums for the next 30 minutes and list them all off. We're each going to take turns going around, giving one signing you love and one signing you hate. I'll start with Evan, and we'll just go love first. So, Ev, who do you love? Well, it's not really a signing, but uh, my favorite deal really are these extensions that we're seeing. Kevin Durant, Trey Young all re-upping. Those are kind of like my favorite signings. Uh, We've just seen so much. Steph Curry, absolutely. We've seen so much money thrown around. I think the worst signing was Evan Fournier with the Knicks. Uh, Was not a fan of that. We saw him in Boston. Uh, And I think maybe Colin and Connor also have that. Maybe Dan, I don't really know, but I think it was a joke. It was a big overpay. We saw what Reggie Jackson got, and I would have taken him 10 out of 10 more times at 11 million. So Evan Fournier to the Knicks, I think they'll regret that, but uh, they went out and got Kemba as well. So I don't know. We'll see see what the Knicks can do, but uh, Fournier is my pick for bad. We were uh, throwing our hands up because we were just going to do love first and then oh that was love only okay so the extensions we'll, we'll leave it there all right um dan you're not a huge nba guy but you got one you love uh yeah one that stood out to me was uh kyle lowry going to the heat um it's more of a signing trade but uh still signing um i think the heat are just going all in and going to try and compete with the bucks to uh get to the nba finals out of the east newman uh, my signing I love is Lonzo Ball, four years, eighty-five million to the Bulls. A guy I really wanted our Celtics to go grab. Um, obviously an aggressive three-point shooter, and we've all seen what he can do passing the rock. Uh, their point guards have been pretty inconsistent. I honestly thought he would probably fetch more on the market. So twenty-one per is actually pretty good, considering how many point guard needy teams there were out there. Yeah, um, my love was another Chicago Bulls move, uh, sign and trade for DeMar DeRozan, three years, $85 million. Uh, I think the Bulls are the most improved team this offseason. They add Ball, they add DeRozan, and I'm missing one more. Caruso. Caruso. Um, 
and then added Vucevic at the trade deadline to pair with Levine. <clears throat> Still have Laurie Markinen. I really like them. And to me, DeRozan would have been. I know he was never rumored to be going to the Celtics. I would have liked him, though. I think he would have spaced the floor real well with Tatum and Brown on the outside. And DeRozan, a big mid-range guy. I would have liked that. I agree. I have just a quick question. Um, we see a lot of these sign and trades and I was under the impression that when you're a free agent, the team, like I'm really confused with these sign and trades. Like I've noticed like most of these signings are involve a sign and trade where you actually have to give up something, even though the guy's a free agent, Do you guys know what, what's up with that. I wasn't really sure what that was all about. I am not super sure how that works. I would imagine there are some salary cap implications to where the team losing them uh, maybe is paying the tax on it or something. I'm not really sure. Let me, let me look it up. Do you guys have any other guesses? No, I, I have no idea. Like I never thought it used to be like that. Maybe know. that team has exclusive rights or something. Yeah. It could be the bird years. Um, to look it up. Yeah, I just oh, never. Man. I just don't remember it. So a sign-in trade is it's typically done to enable the player to obtain a higher salary or greater number of years on their contract than the NBA salary rules allow. Oh, okay. Uh, so I mean, I guess they're get sense. more money. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's like hockey too. Hockey, you can get mm. eight years with your your home club. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it works out for both teams because, like, the um, the Spurs, like, yeah, they lose to Rosen, but they get a first-round pick out of it. So, like, you're not getting nothing for losing your best player. Mm. Yeah. Shall we move on to the ones we hate? Uh, Evan, we already know you hate Evan Fournier. Dan, what do you think? Uh, another Knicks signing. I really don't like the Kemba Walker signing. Um He's got knee problems. It showed in Boston. And I think signing him to a four-year deal is just going to be a mistake. Um, I, I just don't like the deal. So I couldn't find any other deal I didn't really like. So the length of the Kemba Walker deal is kind of what set me off. Newman? Uh, well, Evan jumped the gun, but I already have. I also have Evan Fournier. I think, like, he's almost making as much as Lonzo Ball. So that's an overpay, in my opinion. And then, like, you see these other teams, like the Lakers are loading up. The Heat are loading up. Like, I wanted the Knicks to go out and make a splash to become contenders. And Evan Fournier really doesn't scream big splash to me. So it was more just a disappointing signing, in my opinion, for them. Yeah, I mean, to their point, they brought back Randall, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, a lot of the big pieces that were – huge in their run this year uh and you can make the argument they were really just lacking the three-point shooter and, and that's what Fournier is supposed to be so maybe it'll work out um Dan I agree I don't like the four years with Kemba but mine was Kelly Olenek signed by the Detroit Pistons three years 37 million uh a guy 14.7 rebounds in 31 minutes per game last year um and this this front court already has Luca Garza drafted this year um, Trey Lyles, Jaleel Okafor, uh, Darian Hill Stewart, I think is his name, who I believe was also drafted this year. It's just Detroit does this every year. They sign Mason Plumley and fucking Blake Griffin. They just sign all these forwards that never pan out. I, I, I think it's just walking down the same path over and over. Pistons just suck. Do you know how much he got? 37 million over three years. And Grant, like, Grant's a forward. Like, they just have so many forwards. Olenek doesn't make sense to me. It just – it doesn't make sense because is that – that's, like, more than what Reggie Jackson got AAV, which I think was a huge steal for the Clippers, no? Yeah, Jackson was 11. Um, Olenek would be 12.33 or whatever. Yeah. If I had to pick another signing I liked, I'd say Reggie. Yeah, so, we know you're – There's a lot of hard. extensions. You got a hard on for Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I do. Did you see what he did in the playoffs? I know Connor watched a lot of those games. Were, were you not impressed? I don't watch that I was, shit. I was very impressed. I don't watch Celtics. that shit. What's up with the Celtics and Schroeder? I, I might be jumping the gun on, on, on something coming up, but yeah, I we'll, think that we'll, – are they going to sign Schroeder? We'll fly right into the Celtics. That's next on the agenda. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know much about the Schroeder. I saw that they uh, there was a mutual, mutual interest. Um, what are your thoughts on the fits? 
maybe a, a number that you think would be reasonable? Would you even want him, Ev? Well, it's weird to me because Schroeder was extremely disappointing in the playoffs, and then he comes out, and I think he's asking for like thirty million dollars. He wants a hundred mil per year. Yeah, hundred in total, which seems to be too much money for what he performed like on the court this past season. I think he really let the Lakers down. I know Connor had the Lakers beating the Suns in the first round, and I think you know it was totally fair if guys like AD and um, and Schroeder showed up. LeBron the bench. James. Like, well, I thought LeBron was pretty good in that series. I just think everyone else was bad. But Schroeder with the fit with the Celtics, I think he, I think he'd fit in. I mean, I still am under like I'd still like the Celtics to go out and get a big man. I think most of us would agree that's what they should do. I know Dan brought it up on the last episode. I think that's where their priorities should be. So to add another guard just feels weird. And, and you know, it's like, where's Smart fit in? Where's Marcus Smart going to play? If you have Brown and Schroeder, I think I would assume Schroeder starts. And I don't think Smart should be on the bench. I'd like to see him as a starter. And, you know, maybe you give Tatum some of the ball control coming up the court. I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. I'd like them to go a little bit away from the guards. Yeah, I've seen a couple reports on Smart. One that they were looking to trade him and then another that they were looking to sign him to a four-year extension. So I'm not really sure what the deal is with Marcus Smart. That's definitely two ends of uh, the extreme. But I, I think that Schroeder just wouldn't be a good fit. It's another ball-dominant player with a bunch of ball-dominant players already. Like Tatum is a ball-dominant player. Brown's ball-dominant. You can even make the case that Al Horford's a ball-dominant player. He, he's not a pass-first guy. If he gets the ball, he's probably going to go to work or shoot the three. Um, I, I think they're – we need someone to facilitate. That was the issue with Kemba. He, he's a scorer. He's not really a facilitating point guard. That's why, to Newman's point, Ball would have been such a good fit. Um, you guys have any other thoughts on the Schroeder rumors? Well, I just – I don't think he fits. I think he stinks. Um, and I, I think the Lakers actually offered him like 25, 30 mil per to stay, and he thought he could fetch a higher price, which he clearly cannot, nor does he deserve – but I think I think we've all seen the reports that the Celtics are freeing up space next year to to acquire a max contract. So I don't know if signing Schroeder to a, such a lucrative deal would fuck with that. And if so, don't do that because I think we are a year away from getting a good player like that. Uh, so he really doesn't make any sense to me. Dan. Uh, as a 76ers fan here, I don't got much to say other than I think the Celtics should come more with a center than a point guard. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. To the max contract point, Newman, I keep seeing Bradley Beal. Uh, as good as Bradley Beal is, no thanks, in my opinion. It's just another score. Like, it doesn't – where's the fit? No. Who's but your I dream just... ad Who's your dream ad for the Celtics? My dream ad. If you could uh, get anybody on the Celtics that you think would fit in with Brown that would be and like Tatum and the roster av- that they have. That would be reasonably available? And honestly, not even reasonably no. available. Just someone who you think would be perfect in the Celtics lineup um, starting. Trey Young. <laughs> I don't think so. Can we pry him away from Atlanta? um fuck i mean there's a couple names that jump out to me i think that deandre ayton would be a great fit i think miles turner would be a great fit and i think miles turner is a realistic target i think sabonis would be a great fit um i I mean bam out of bayou rudy gobert are great fits on any team what about carl anthony towns that's been a name that's been rumored i would love carl anthony towns Maybe not yeah. realistic, but it's a name that's been rumored. That's about. a center that can not only space the floor inside, but can pop out and hit a three and allow Tatum and Brown to take it to the hole. I think he would be a great fit. Um, pretty much any, like, seven-foot athletic <laughs> that can score. <laughs> that can shoot the three. Yeah. yeah. I know. Somebody I still bet- the floor. We need a pass-first yes. guard. That's our problem. Yeah, that's huge. I- but I think they might see uh, that in Pritchard. Well, yeah, but I, and I oh, think pass first guards are, are such a rare breed now. Like Chris Paul seems to be like the last true pass first guard. They don't really exist anymore. Sorry about the yeah. Sorry about the barking. No, you're fine. And the guards that are pass first also score thirty a game. 
Yeah, because they're superstars. And they're superstars, and they're getting 48 minutes, 46 yeah. minutes, whatever. All right, let's get out of the NBA, beating a dead horse here. Uh, let's go to the MLB. little AL wild card talk. <laughs> um, this has been a heated discussion between the Big four time. of us. Heated discussion, some, uh, some fuck yous flying around. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, Red Sox are wild card number one right now, up a game on the Oakland Athletics, who are wild card number two. They have a game on the Yankees, two on Toronto, five on Seattle, and six on the Angels. Um, so the way I'll frame this is, as of late, there's two members of this group who have been very, very pessimistic and negative towards their outlook on the Red Sox. And there's two of us who have been willing to weather the storm. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to out those two, but those two are Dan and Evan because they <laughs> don't know what patience is. They don't understand. I reject. I reject your framing of the of your opening here. You're reject, unwilling. You're unwilling to wait it out. You're. Uh, all right. So here's the debate. Before we talk wild card, we'll talk Red Sox. Sure. The debate that we've been having is Evan and Dan believe that ownership and top management didn't do enough at the trade deadline. And that's why we're one in nine in our last 10. And there's serious reason for concern. Evan today said he thinks they'll finish in fourth place. I, the way I said, the way it's trending right now, it would not surprise me if they're a fourth place team by the way, it's trending by the way, it's trending on the flip side, Newman and I are understanding that selling the farm maybe wasn't the best move and that the Red Sox are going to figure it out. Uh, Dan, you've been making some faces. Is there something I said you disagree with? <laughs> uh, so I am with Evan in this pessimistic, I guess, viewpoint of the Sox, but I do not believe they'll be a fourth place team. Uh, I still believe they'll make the wild card, but I'm disappointed that they're going to be playing in the wild card. I believe Bloom could have made some trades at the deadline, upgrade this bullpen, not with Robles or Davis. And we could be looking at a, uh, a division win, an AL East championship, something like that. Not a wild card game. They I'm not just upgraded. They just I, upgraded I, it. Quick. They got Perez in the bullpen now. Oh, good. The guy that <laughs> for lasted free. In, we in, got in him for third. free. <laughs> yeah, the guy We're, that lasted in, in the third. Nice. Real quick, I need to clarify something. I'm not saying they're going to finish in fourth. They really could very well. That way, Evan. No, listen. They could very well still win the division. By the way, it is trending right now to go one and nine in the last 10 and to see what Toronto has been doing, what the Yankees have been doing, and what the Rays have been doing. By how it's trending right now, if they don't turn it around, they're a fourth place team. If they don't turn it around, and I'm not saying they won't turn it around, they very well probably will with the guys they're getting back, Arroyo's coming back, Sales coming back, Schwarber's coming back. So they're getting these guys back healthy, which is huge. I'm just saying by how it's gone the last couple of weeks, remember this is a team that hasn't won a series since the 4th of July. Over a month ago is the last time they won a series. And it was against the Oakland A's. They lost the series to the Angels. They've lost the series to the Tigers in there. You're, you're, you're getting swept by the Rays. By how it's going, it's not good. And and to be like, oh, it's all sunshine and rainbows and flowers. It's just not. And and the fact you you're not even concerned at all. How aren't you concerned Dude, at all? Hey, hey, as a Red Sox fan, I said in the group chat today there is a little concern. I've never claimed it to be sunshine and rainbows. I literally opened this segment saying weather the fucking storm. It's been nothing but thunderstorms and fucking snowstorms in New England. All right. Been getting pounded like northeast uh, northeasters in fucking February. Um, there's one thing I wanted to say to that. Uh, what the fuck were you saying? Way it's trending. Oh, oh, fucking week ago. A week ago, less than a week ago, I believe it was Sunday. Could have been Monday. Evan said he thinks the Red Sox could win the World Series, and today he says he yep. thinks they could finish in fourth place. That yep. that to the listeners, yes. I, to the listeners, I just want everybody to understand. That's how Evan goes. He fucking no. goes with the wind. I can recall that quote is taken a little out of context here. I think the context is that if 
at the trade deadline, if we improved the team properly, this team could have won the World Series. They properly. still you can. can. Gorber, your biggest properly. addition hasn't even stepped foot on the field yet. You guys need to give it a fucking rest and have some patience. Just, for over a month just because no you don't have the no instant guarantee. gratification of Anthony Rizzo hitting three home runs doesn't mean we lost the trade deadline. At least he's healthy. At least he's healthy. Real quick, if this team gets to the playoffs with a healthy Chris Sale and if Evaldi turns it around and – Erod turns it around and Pavetta turns it around. Well, Pavetta had a great start today. I will 100% agree with that. They are dangerous. Like they could, they're with the lineup they have, if it plays up to its potential and Kyle Schwarber's inserted, I hope a Royal gets back in. Christian Vasquez has been just a disgrace all year. If they can figure out the lineup, and obviously JD, I think, just got hurt, COVID. Or had COVID or whatever, they could make a run. With that lineup, they could make a run. They're just they're stuck in, like in the mud right now and will, and will it turn around maybe like i think it could but like i said just how it's trending right now and like they could they could win the world series this year i wouldn't be shocked they could come in fourth i wouldn't be shocked i don't know if you want to get newman in here yeah newman and then i have a point to make well i think you guys are just debbie downers i mean the the other three teams in the division are, are having their best stretches of baseball and we're having our worst, but I'm looking on my phone right now, the, the Yankees and the Rays both have had stretches where they've lost seven to eight straight. So like it happens to everyone, but like, yeah, we didn't do a ton at the trade deadline, but you look back like two months ago, we were by far the best team in baseball. It wasn't even close. And we still have that same roster. So you just have to look at the team and be like, we, we were capable of that. You just need to play right. better. The pitching needs to be better. And uh, the hitting has been shit the past nine days. But it Real has to quick, be Colin, before you make your point, I agree with what you're saying, Connor, but we all had them in like third or fourth place. They might have overachieved in the first half. And I'm just bringing up this point. And like I said, my God, I, I said that I think that they could, you know, win the World Series if they get into the playoffs. But real quick, here's my last point. How many games, how many more, like who – do you win more games with, with the trade, uh, the trade deadline acquisition? Are you going to win by the, the, the end of the trade deadline to the end of the year? Are you winning more games with Anthony Rizzo or Kyle Schwarber? And what Rizzo's done with the Yankees so far, I mean, he would thrive at Fenway being a lefty, having that short port. I mean, it's so shallow down the line. I think you're winning more games down the stretch with Rizzo. Schwarber's hurt right now. I think Rizzo would win you more games than Schwarber would. Schwarber is also a lefty. From the deadline on. Schwarber is also a lefty. And Schwarber can come off the IL and do just exactly what Rizzo did. So, But do the Red Sox get swept by the Rays if they have Rizzo in the lineup? Probably. Yeah. I mean, look, Evan, listen, this is my point. This is my point. In the last 30 days, Xander Bogarts, 221, three homers, seven RBI. J.D. Martinez, 227, Four homer, mm. ten RBI. These two have been a little better, but not great. Du- Verdugo, two seventy two, a homer, six RBI. Devers, two seventy six, six homer, eleven RBI. Those two through five were the best two through five hitters in all of baseball for the first three months, and now they can't hit the ocean if they were in a fucking boat. The bats are cold, and at the same time, the pitching went cold. It's been ten games. We've lost nine of them. Yes, that's concerning. But these four are going to turn around. Xander Bogarts is not going to continue to hit 220. And J.D. Martinez is not going to hit 227. They're career 300 hitters. They're going to turn it around. And the Red Sox are going to be fine. I hope you're right. Schwarber is going to come back. Chris Sale is supposed to be an ace. We're going to be fine. Schwarber's got 25 right. home runs this year. And I agree with you. Real quick, real quick, Connor. I agree with you. Hundred percent. Like they could easily turn around. Like I said, like they could win the World Series or they could come in fourth. That's that's kind of the range with this team. If they get in the playoffs, which I think they will, still make the playoffs. They're dangerous. Real quick though, you didn't answer my question. Do the Red Sox win more games after the trade deadline with Rizzo or Schwarber? I say Schwarber, dude. He's having a better offensive year than Rizzo. But he's out for like three weeks from the trade deadline, dude. Like, he's got he like a that? week and a half to right. two weeks left on the shelf. He could hit 300 and, and hit 15 home runs in the last six weeks. Or Dude, he could really get cold after his injury. You don't know. Yeah. Why are you guys just uh, – you guys just go right to the negative. You just assume he's going to be bad because you didn't get who you fucking wanted. 
I rather who, get a sure thing than an injury. Like I rather have. Rizzo could break his fucking leg tomorrow. There is no sure thing. Well, at least he's healthy to start with when you make the trade. Yeah, but like at the time, at the time of the trade deadline, you look at it, and the Red Sox were in first place. Yes, first base was a bit of an issue, but we could have gotten by. It was not necessary by any means. There were more pressing needs pitching, which I agree, or maybe not addressed to the fullest potential. And I will fault Bloom for that. I agree there should have been a better bullpen arm. I have never disagreed with that. But I think you guys are just, because you're not seeing any results from Schwarber, you're writing him off as a failed trade. 19th best prospect in your system. None of us could name who that is because our system sucks. The Yankees gave up far more to get Rizzo. They added Gallo. Gallo's been an absolute failure. Absolute failure. Rizzo has hit three home runs, and he's only been in the news because he hit one in his first game, just like Baez and Bryant, and the MLB Instagram is jerking off to it. Well, and I'll I'll throw this out, too, as I'm looking through the stats. Through the past week, our first basemen have – had more hits and a better average than Rizzo over the past yeah. week. So it's fucking not like Rizzo is the next coming of Christ. my ass. Eat my ass. Yeah, fucking Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, give me Rizzo over fucking Dahlbeck. Give me a guy who's I won didn't a say World that. Series, led the team. Rizzo would be so powerful Schwarber in that won clubhouse, the same dude. fucking World Series, just a reminder. Dude, Rizzo was the leader of that clubhouse. We don't Probably. need a leader. I'm just saying – Rizzo gives more than just his bat, dude. Rizzo, people listen to this guy. Like, I'm not saying people don't listen to Schwarber, but this, this dude is like, who doesn't love Anthony Rizzo? Real quick, I just like to rant about Hansel Robles, dude. Can I hold on? Just one more. This guy is fucking garbage. <laughs> one more point to the Rizzo argument. The Red Sox are in first place. They're not looking for anyone to come into the locker room and take over. The Yankees at, at the trade deadline were in third or fourth. They needed a shakeup. They needed Yeah. Rizzo was a great fit there. He's a great fit in Boston, too. The Yankees needed him way more than we did. We have leaders. We already have a great core that had us in first place over 20 games above 500. And you guys are just fucking – you got to give it some time. It's 162 games. They've only lost not, nine out of the last the ten. season's doomed. I'm just saying we could be in a way better situation. I've always yeah, said we the could. Wild I've Dan, said the wild Dan you're the lesser of the two evils by far. Yeah. Evan is a fucking disaster. You made me want to fucking strangle you all week. Well, the problem is we did, we never did it like verbally on text. Yeah, you probably want to fucking kill me. Yeah. Um. You I mean, listen, we all have our opinions, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I'm just saying, like, I think it's reasonable how Dan and I feel. I think it's reasonable how you guys feel. Although I think you might give them a little too much credit. Um. We'll see. I mean. None of us can predict the future. We don't know how it's going to go. So I agree. Like, let's just see over the next couple months, like into the playoffs. Let's just see how it goes. Like the next week stretch is huge. They got um, obviously like division games. I know they got a big series against the Yankees coming up. Not too far away. They got to handle their business against Baltimore as well. Coming up uh, real quick about Hansel Robles, dude. I, I had to tweet I right when they got him. I had to go to Twitter I said he's been one of the worst closers in baseball all year. Would be huge lift if he turns it around with the Red Sox. Yeah, that ain't fucking happening. I don't even want him on the field uh, as far as I'm concerned. This dude sucks. He was so hittable with the Twins. Uh, I don't even know. His whip's got to be like 1-8. I mean, just awful. Awful. You're going to get someone better than that? Come on. Give me like Colome. Give me Colome if you, if you want a Twins reliever that's healthy. Fucking Hansel Robles, dude. More like Hansel and Gretel, dude. He he belongs more in that fucking children's storybook than on the baseball field. All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, do we want to touch upon the wild card race at all? Or? Oh, we kind of hit it. One, <laughs> one team I'd like to quickly point out, the Angels are getting Mike Trout back soon. They're sneaky, scary to me. I know they just lost Rendon for the year, but Otani has been basically single-handedly carrying them. And, and you add Trout back, that's uh, – there's potential for a playoff push from the Angels. Yeah, Joe Joe Adele called up. He's given them a big lift. Uh, one of the better prospects in the league. And uh, in his first game, he had three ribbies and a steal. I believe yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you. Patrick Sandoval's been great, by the way, on the mound for them. I believe after the Franco call up, Adele became number one. And after his call up, it's now Barchman, Bachman, however you say it, in Baltimore. Rushman. 
Rutschman. Yeah. Yeah. Hadley Rutschman, yeah. All right. Let's move on from the MLB. We'll do a little NFL lineup card hosted by Evan. We'll hit a rant, and then we'll get out of here. Yep. All right, so this is the lineup card for episode 24. Uh, We're going to go strictly NFL-related. We didn't really cover much football really yet on this podcast leading up to the season, although obviously we got the gridiron coming up. First episode, we're recording right after this, so I think we're all super excited for that. Um, so just some NFL questions right off the bat. I mostly gave six options for each one. Um, personally, I didn't really go off the, I don't know if you guys went, uh, cause obviously other was an option for most of these questions. I didn't really go off the board. I think maybe for one. Um, all right, but let's get it going. Uh, we'll start with Colin, then go to Connor and then Dan, uh, which quarterback will lead the league in passing yards next season? Um, I'll go first. Uh, I went Patrick Mahomes. I think that's pretty much a given. I feel like every time you see him, uh, he'll get like 300 yards, 350 yards. They really never seem to rely on the run game. Run game. Uh, so I'm going Pat Mahomes. I think he'll be tremendous once again this season. Uh, real quick sleeper. I think Justin Herbert's a guy to watch. A full season of Justin Herbert. I know Connor's probably super excited to watch that. Probably just got a boner when I mentioned his name. Uh, I think he'll be great next season for the Chargers. I'm excited to see him. Colin? Her, uh, I, I, Herbert's a good sleeper, Ev. Uh, another guy that you didn't include list. Do you want to read the list real quick? Uh, yeah, so the options I gave were Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, or you could go off the board. Uh, so I, I went off the board. I took Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm sure, as we all remember, was by far in first place through the first four weeks last year before breaking his ankle. Um, I, I think Zeke Elliott's going to continue to struggle. I think he's a bust. And I think Dak Prescott's going to have a hell of a year. I, uh, we'll, we'll touch upon him and the Cowboys in the Gridiron podcast. I don't want to spoil too much. Fair enough. Uh, I went Mahomes uh, as well, Evan. Um, I feel like he makes throws look like child's play out there. He's fucking incredible. Um We'll see if I mean I think he was second last year, right? Behind Watson. And yep. I mean Watson, I don't know if Watson's gonna play. So I mean seems like Mahomes is the next guy up. Uh I like Josh Allen too a lot, by the way. No, we haven't mentioned him a lot. They don't really run the ball that much, but I took Mahomes. Uh I'm also gonna go with Mahomes. He has a much improved <laughs> offensive so line. Boring. Well, I mean, the guy's got a cannon for an arm. They don't run the ball in Kansas City, and his offensive line's way better. What how can you and his playmakers outrun everybody? I agree. It's just have some fun. Well, well I gave you a sleeper. Wrong. I gave you a sleeper. I think Prescott has a legitimate chance. I agree. I do I too. Agree. But I agree. Mahomes definitely the favorite. Sorry to cut you off, Dan. I mean, it's fine. Carrying on, which running back will lead the league in rushing yards next season? The options I gave were Henry Cook. Taylor, Jones, Montgomery, or, uh, of course, you could go off the board. I went with Derrick Henry. Uh, he's going for his third straight rushing uh, title. I think he'll get it. I think no one is really as dominant as Derrick Henry is in the run game. You see him just shove Josh Norman off him, truck through Jaguars. I think this guy's – this might be this guy's award to lose for the, uh, the, for the uh, short-term future here. Uh, Colin, would you? Yeah, I, I think definitely Derrick Henry's the favorite. I didn't pick him for similar reasons as Mahomes. Um, but the, before I go to my answer here, I think the hardest part about this is Henry is really just a running back. He doesn't receive many passes. And for a lot of these guys like Kamara, Cook, McCaffrey, dual threats, they lose rushing yards in, in all the receptions they get. Um, but anyways, my pick is Delvin Cook. Uh, he had a great year last year. I just have this weird feeling. I've always been a fan of Kirk Cousins, but I have a weird feeling about him this year. I think he could really struggle. Um, and I think they'll – I know Evan hates him. I think they'll lean on Cook even more this year. I think he is, in my opinion, the only guy close enough to catch Henry. Yeah, I, I took Henry. I feel like he's one of the few workhorse backs that are left in the league. I feel like so many teams go to tandem committees now, but I feel like Henry is just so dominant and plays pretty much every down. No Deion Lewis anymore, I believe, right, in Tennessee. It's uh, Evans or something, Darrington Evans. Yeah. So I love I love Henry to, to complete the three-peat. 
Uh, I'm also going to take Dalvin Cook. Um, that offensive line was pretty bad last year, and then you add a guy in Christian Darrisaw who's an absolute mauler. Um, and like Colin said, Kirk Cousins getting old may have some drop off. I feel. Um, and Dalvin Cook's just a beast. Uh, I have a feeling he may just have like a, a breakout year from what was already a really good year last year. Yeah, Dalvin, yeah, Cook, Dalvin Cook, certainly one of the best backs in the league. Oh, oh Colin, did you want to jump in? No. Um, all right. Which receiver will lead the league in receiving yards next season? Gave most of the top guys from last year. Stefan Diggs led the league last year. Uh, Travis Kelsey second. I think Hopkins third. Justin Jefferson was an option, as well as Devontae Adams. I went with Hopkins. Uh, I think this dude's bound to lead the league in receiving yards, at least, you know, another year uh, in the short couple years coming up. Uh, I just love him. Him and Kyle Murray have a special connection. I think we would all agree on that. You just remember what he did against Buffalo with that Hail Mary. I think this dude's bound uh, to, like I said, just to lead the league in, in yards. And I think he'll get just a shit ton of targets, as, I mean, as he should. Uh, my pick's Devontae Adams here. Uh, we'll talk about our NFL predictions on the gridiron pod, but I have a, kind of a special feeling about the Packers this year. I think Rogers is going to go uh, just un, unbelievable numbers. I think he is maybe my pick for MVP. Um, I think he's really going to come out and say like, I'm, I'm here to stay. I'm, I'm this good still, but I just don't want to be this good in green Bay anymore. And I think Adams is going to benefit. I got him leading the league in reception yards. Uh, I picked the repeat. I picked Stefan Diggs to win again. Um, I feel like there's just really no one else on the team to throw to. They have Emmanuel Sanders. Cole Beasley is definitely going to be out with COVID at some point during the year. So there goes <laughs> that target share. Uh, but the target share for Stefan Diggs is freaking huge, especially because they really don't run the ball. Singletary and Zach Moss are kind of the – disappointing tandem so i feel like stefan diggs is gonna have such a big target share there's no way he doesn't rack up an insane amount of yards huge chirp at cole beasley if he wants to come and defend himself on the pod <laughs> um so looking at this um so i know i just said kirk cousins has some drop off i'm gonna take justin jefferson um <laughs> uh the guy just separates way too good to like not be open and just get a shit ton of yards. He let, he almost led the league in like receptions or something like that. And I think he'll do it this year. And with receptions comes yards. I think he's going to have an absolute breakout season from what was already a good rookie season. Like I said, with Dalvin cook in his good season last year. Quick so. sleeper here before we move on uh, Matt Ryan, always in the top five in passing yards. I think Calvin Ridley has a real chance to, show the NFL what he can really do. He's a fucking beast. I, I want him in fantasy football this year. I agree. And no Julio. So talk about target share for him, especially in the red zone. I think he's that's where he gets a shit ton of looks. And obviously who's the, who's the, even the tight end there? Kyle um, Pitts. Oh, well, he's they got Pitts. Pitts. It's Pitts too. I can't undersell him. Uh, getting into some of the defensive stats, uh, which pass rusher will lead the league in uh, sacks next season? I gave some options. T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, uh, Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt were the options I gave. You could obviously go off the board. Uh, I went Miles Garrett. Uh, I think this dude's primed for just a, a fucking phenomenal season. We see what the Browns have added defensively. I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, and, you know, I think their defense is going to be much improved. It was really a lot about the secondary, and I think they made some big additions. Obviously, John Johnson's, you know, the biggest one. Um, so now that'll give these opposing quarterbacks, like they're going to take a little bit more time to throw. I think it's going to be tough to find those openings in the Browns defense. And I think, uh, Miles Garrett's going to get a lot of pressures. Yeah. Um, Evan, for similar reasons, I'm going TJ Watt, um, our next, you'll, you'll understand why in our next, um, topic, but TJ Watt, I think is on the verge of becoming, one of the best, if not the best defensive players in the league uh, up there with the likes of Aaron Donald, in my opinion, I think he's just an absolute star uh, and Garrett's a great pick, but I'm going to go Watt for reasons currently unknown, but I'll explain soon. 
Fair enough. Um, so I was so offended that there wasn't a single charger on any of these questions. So I picked Joey Bosa going off the board. <laughs> you can't um, get sacks when you're hurt, dude. Well, that's the thing. I, he has to stay healthy. But if he does, I'm super excited for the the Brandon Staley defense. I'm in love with him as a coach. Um, and I mean, he, he had seven. What? Just a yeah. coach? He's the coach. No, are you in love with him as just a coach, you dumbass? Oh, well, <laughs> compared to Anthony Lynn, I'm, I'm in love with this guy. <laughs> um, but Bosa had seven and a half sacks in, I believe, I think it was 10, 10 games he played. So, I mean, I mean that kind of would put him in the top five if, in, uh, if you do the math, but I like him this year. So similar to Connor, I am going to go off the board here and go with Chase Young. Um, I think second year, have a breakout. Um, he was already good last year, but I mean, that defensive line is just very stacked, uh, that pass rush. And you can't block everybody. And where Chase Young is the best rusher on that team, he's going to get the sacks. So I'm going to take Chase Young. Good pick. Yeah, really excited to see that Washington football defense. Um, moving on, uh, let's go. Which player are you predicting? Oh, fuck, I skipped one. Uh, let's go with uh, interceptions leaders. Uh, who are you guys taking for your interception leader? I'm going to stay with the reigning champ. I'm going to go with Xavier Howard. And I thought about maybe going off the board for a guy like Stefan Gilmore. I think he'll have a real uh, much improved season from last year. So, uh, Xavier Howard's just like one of the best corners, probably top, honestly, top three in the league. I think just an absolute stud. Miami's defense is great. You know, they're going to get to the quarterback. They're just, they're one of my you know favorite teams, obviously Brian Flores coach defense. And I just, I love Xavier Howard and I uh, think I'll stay. I hope he signs an extension. Why he's in the division. We want him out. That's true. <laughs> That's true. If I'm thinking as a Pats fan, uh, but if I were a Dolphins fan, I want, obviously absolutely. Want uh, I'm going to go off the board at, back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he is going to make a case for being the best safety in the league this year. I absolutely love his game, can rush the passer, um, but is far better in the secondary than a guy like uh, Jamal Adams, who constantly gets all this social media love that I don't really understand since he, what did he have, one interception last year? Did he have one? I don't even know if he had one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, he stinks. I think he stinks. I think all that hype stinks. And I think Fitzpatrick's a beast. I think TJ Watt, that's why I picked him as a sack leader. I think he'll benefit from the fear of throwing against Fitzpatrick. I think he's going to be that good. Yeah, so this is one I I really am struggling with because it's I feel like it's always someone random. Like I'm looking back, like mm, Darius Slay, yeah. uh, Malcolm Jenkins, or Janoris Jenkins, excuse me. So I'm looking through yeah. the list, and I'm just gonna pick uh, Darius Williams of the Rams because it's it's just gonna <laughs> be someone stuck. fucking. He is a stud, and he has a nose for the football. And I feel like if they're not gonna be throwing at Ramsey a whole bunch, I feel like they're just gonna give this guy a ton of chances to pick it off. So good pick. I like that pick. Also, yeah, also real quick to Collins, Minka Fitzpatrick selection. You know he's playing with a chip on his shoulder after he saw his EA Madden rating. Just probably pissed. Yeah. 89. Yeah, that's Jamal Adams is like 90 something. Like complete bullshit. I'd wipe my ass with Jamal Adams. I would too. Um this is hard. I, uh, it's usually not a top guy just yeah. because you target that guy less off, like less often. That's why JC Jackson um, kind of led right. in interceptions for a while, but I'll probably go with somebody like a Kyle Fuller on the Broncos. It's just a very sound defense. They're going to apply some pressure. And um, I feel teams may target Fuller as opposed to Sertan once the season gets underway. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's go into uh, some maybe some breakout uh, potential options. Uh, I said, which player are you predicting to have the biggest breakout season next year? I only gave five options. Obviously, you can go off the board if you want to. I'm curious if any of you did. J.K. Dobbins, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, or uh, C.D. Lamb. I went with J.K. Dobbins. I absolutely love this guy. going to try to get him in fantasy if I can. Uh, I think he's really kind of separated away from Gus Edwards. I, I hope that he gets the majority of the carries. He's a real red zone kind of guy. 
Um, just absolutely love this dude's potential. One of, I think he has, like I said, it has the potential to be one of the best backs in the league. Uh, one day, obviously Ohio State alum. Colin, who do you got? Uh, I kind of misunderstood this question. I went with a rookie. That's um, fair. No, no, I just gave a bunch of options. It doesn't have to be like second year. Yeah, guy. well, all those guys are second years, which is why I felt like I messed it up. But I went with Jalen Davis. Uh, we already talked about Washington's defense. Uh, Logan Paulson alluded to this guy when we had him on the podcast uh, quite a few episodes ago. I, I love his game. I think he's going to be a tackle machine. He's probably going to be one of those guys that doesn't get the recognition that he deserves because linebackers, I feel like, are just kind of underappreciated. Um, but I think that statistical breakout will be there for him. I think Washington's defense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. And that's uh, a, a little spoiler here. I have them winning the NFC East because of that defense. So you say Jalen Davis. Yeah. The rookie. You mean jamming. Oh, my fucking bad. <laughs> All right. I just liked him in the process. So I, yeah, my bad Jim knows his name. Trust the process. I had him as my number two linebacker, like way back in January. And like Frankie was saying I was crazy and he ended up being taken in the first round. So I guess that's a plug for my schedule. Yeah. This that's why we have you on here and not Frankie. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, go we'll, we'll have you on again. We'll have you on again, Frankie. All right. Um, uh, my turn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I was fortunate enough to grab him halfway through the year last year on my fantasy team. And holy shit, that kid is insanely talented. Uh, all the reports from training camp so far, it sounds like he's been an absolute stud making some incredible catches. So I think he is poised for a very breakout season. Um, looking at the list, I'm probably going to go with C.D. Lamb. Um, it feels like Michael Gallup is slowly getting phased out of the offense and Amari Cooper just can't stay healthy nor get rid of his drop problems. So I think CD in the second year is just going to take that next step and become a number one target on that offense. Yeah, as much I as it pains totally me as an Eagles fan to say that, but right. Real, real quick. Okay. This is a monster sleeper pick, but I did see a report. I know, um, again, gridiron, we will be talking about Michael Thomas, but I saw a report, Marquez Callaway has been a breakout star in New Orleans. He could be a potential pick here. I apologize for the dogs wrestling in the background. Can't hear him. Oh, good. Uh, getting into our next question. Uh, oh, now you can hear him. Um, Got the more of, oh, more of an open-ended type question. I gave no options for these next two. Totally up to the interpretation of, uh, of us. What player is your biggest bust in fantasy drafts this year? Uh, I thought this was an interesting question. Uh, you could go anywhere you wanted to. I'll start first. I'm going with uh, Antonio Gibson with the Washington football team. I think he's just being drafted way too high. Uh, obviously, he had a great end of the year last year, but I think J.D. McKissick – is J.D. McKissick not there anymore? Oh, he is. He is, he is there. I, I, he gets a ton of at least receptions, so he won't get the PPR – uh, in my opinion, at least. And, and you just never know with Washington. They kind of went – they've kind of been all over the place with running backs. So, I'm going to stay away. I saw a mock draft that has him in, like, the first round. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm all set on Antonio Gibson. Uh, he I'm not – in college. How is he not going to get receptions? Well, J.D. McKissick got, like, 10 a game for the Washington. Well, he was hurt. Although – Different quarterback next year with Fitzpatrick. So I I don't know who Alex Smith just fucking dumped it off every time. Yeah. Um, Ev, I'm not sure if it was like a mental brain fart on your point, but I, I like the question. But then the next question is avoiding, right? Right. So I, it was more so like for me, what I did with this was like for this. Who's the one, guy that's going to be drafted high? Gonna... That's not going to be worth it. Correct. And then the next one was just a player in general gotcha. that I'm just not dropping. Um, so I did it right. Uh, my boss is Michael Thomas. Uh, a lot of reports recently about him and the Saints relationship. Um, I've never been a big Thomas fan. I think he's kind of an arrogant jerk. Um, that's just my own opinion. No offense, Michael, if you're uh, <laughs> this Won't be having across him on the his Instagram now. page. Um, but yeah, my, my boss is going to be Michael Thomas. The guy seems injury prone as of late. Um, I don't like him. Well, I like him. So, Michael, if you're listening, I 
I like you. Um, <laughs> cute. So cute, right? Uh, my bust pick uh, is Travis Kelsey. Um, he's Whoa, going in the- wow. okay. Yeah, he's going wow. in the middle to late first. Um, I've done like a million mock drafts to prepare. Uh, and if you go the Kelsey route, your running backs are fucking shit. Um, so he better pan out and be miles better than the next best tight ends um, to even pan out. So I think he's going to bust this year. So my bust is going to be uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, that offensive line is awful. Daniel Jones is awful. And his health is awful. Uh, you got three awful things about Saquon Barkley's game or the team around him. It's just not going to be a good pick. People are going to take him high because running backs go high and they're going to be yeah. disappointed. Plus with Barkley, it's a lot of name recognition. Yep. Um, into, into our next question, which player just are you just not drafting? just that you just don't want to take could be, you know, maybe injury prone or it could be just, you just have a bad feeling. Uh, I went more of the injury prone type route and I'm a hundred percent avoiding this guy. And I'm, I just don't really care for him. I don't think I've ever had him. Uh, Cooper cup. I just don't want the guy always hurt, always with the head, always concussed. Um, Obviously, I mean, if you want a Rams receiver, you're taking Robert Woods 10 out of 10 times. You're not even thinking about Cooper Cup, at least in my opinion. Um, I, I think Robert Woods has a phenomenal season next year. We'll talk, obviously, about this stuff on the Gridiron Podcast, but just Cooper Cup. I mean, I, I don't want to say he'll get hurt because it's terrible. Although, watch, I'll say he gets hurt, and then he'll be healthy all year and get 1,000 yards. Uh, so I'll say that. You know, go get hurt uh, just so you won't, just because I always drink everything. So uh, just cup, I'm just a boy. Uh, I disagree. I love cup. I had Woods last year, and he's very hit or miss as well. I, I like them both, but I think that they're, they're definitely going to improve fantasy wise because of Stafford. But I think Goff was just too inconsistent for them to be constant wide receiver one, wide receiver two, even a three. Um, sometimes was a bust. Um, but my avoiding player is there's plenty on this list for sure. But uh, I'm gonna name Andy Dalton. I don't think he'll have a starting job after eight games at the most in Chicago. Um, I'm totally on the Justin Fields train. I've heard a lot of hype. We've talked about it in the chat. Um, I never liked the Justin Fields hate. I, I think it was not super fair. He can get past his first read. He's great in the pocket. He can move outside the pocket. He can run the ball. He can take a big hit. Saw that in the national championship game against Clemson. I think he's an absolute baller and they love him in Chicago. And as Lewis Riddick said, uh, they're kind of just sitting on their hands, trying to stop themselves from throwing him in there. He's been that good. So Dalton's your answer. Yeah. So I had two players, one of which was Saquon, which Dan already kind of covered. I refuse to take Saquon regardless of how far he falls. Um, but my second player, I have George Kittle of the 49ers. I refuse to take him. It seems like Waller has kind of cemented himself as the tight end too, uh, going pretty high. But George Kittle still, for some reason, is going really high. And the hype is just not there for George Kittle this year with, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Trey Sermon, who I love, uh, Mostert. I mean, we'll see. I don't know if Trey Lance is going to play. I really don't – I haven't followed his play yet. But uh, he runs as well, right? So yeah, not a, not a lot of target share for George Kittle this year. Obviously, he had the injury last year, so I will not be drafting George Kittle. Uh, so the guy I'm not taking whatsoever is the guy that could end up in jail uh, at any point in time. It seems Deshaun Watson. Great pick, know. Dan. Great pick. Uh, uh, you just you don't know what's going on. I don't know how you could take him. Um, I'm in another league, and somebody took him with like the. A, in the fifth round. Um, he was like literally the second quarterback taken in our league. Um, so I, I just don't know how you could do that. Like, you just don't know. I, I really want to draft them and name my team allegation nation, but I won't do it. <laughs> I good. saw some good uh, fantasy football names on TikTok recently. That's yeah. really good. Real quick. Uh, before we get to the nine hole, uh, just a couple of MLB things that I just kind of forgot. Mets Phillies in a big series this weekend or this yeah this weekend. Sorry to quickly interrupt. Uh, 
Four nothing Phillies today. Mets just came back to take the lead in the ninth on a James McCann home run. And then the Atlanta Braves, I would like to apologize to them. They made, I think, was which was the best trade uh, in getting Jorge Soler. I absolutely love that deadline uh, move for them. He's homered now and, like, homered again just now. Uh, I think that's, what, like seven home runs the past week. He's just been phenomenal, and they added Duvall. So I just wanted to give the Braves a quick shout-out. They're, they're on the rise uh, in the Mets with a big comeback today. Uh, in the nine-hole – Today, we got which coach is the first fired next season. Um, the options were Vic Fangio, Joe Judge, uh, Mike Zimmer, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy, or uh, the clown-looking guy in Houston that I just don't – you think Cully? Cully. He looks like a weirdo. Does not <laughs> look like an NFL coach. Um, I went Vic Fangio, and not to spoil my uh, sort of standings, but just not high on the Broncos this year. As long as Drew Locke's the quarterback there – Elway has a quick hook. I think he'll get more of an offensive mind in there, which I think is honestly the way it's been trending. I was surprised when they hired him in the first place. So I'll go Vic Fangio. Look, I like Vic Fangio. I feel like he's kind of got the short end of the stick here. He never got his pick at a quarterback. Um, It's always been Elway's show. And I think that's kind of tough when the general manager is picking players for a coach to coach. I think the coach needs to be a part of that decision. Not saying that it's all Elway. Um, but I would guess Fangio hasn't really had much of a say. Um, It's a good pick. I could see them slumping, but I'm going Mike Zimmer Uh, mentioned earlier. I'm not sold on Kirk cousins this year. I thought Zimmer could have gotten a hook last year if it weren't for Dalvin cook, putting up MVP numbers, which I think he'll do this year. Uh, But I don't think Mike Zimmer lives through it. I just, I hate their defense. They lost a ton of key pieces uh, and I don't see them being very good. Yeah, I have Mike Zimmer as well. I don't think Fangio gets the hook, especially because as far as I know, it's going to be Bridgewater to start the year uh, based on what I'm reading. But Zimmer, like he's supposed to be a defensive coach and their defense sucks. Um, so that kind of, I feel like falls on him. And I, like as we've been talking to, if Kirk Cousins takes a decline this year, it will definitely be Zimmer on the hot seat. Um, so I went with him. Uh, I'm going to go with Vangio. I just have no faith in Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater to do anything on that team. It seems the defense as dominant as it was. It's just slowly maybe getting a little worse. Von Miller kind of being injured and also just getting older. Um, I couldn't really name anyone else on that D-line besides uh, Bradley Chubb. Even then, he's also got his injury Shelby concerns. Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris signed three years, $30 million. Yes, and don't they have Jarrell Casey as well? Yes. Like 37 years old or something. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, Dan. They have have Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller. He's great. So, I don't know. Just, I I don't get good vibes from the Broncos. So, I think Vangio. And, like, coaches that get fired first are usually, like, very disappointing coaches that are already on the hot seat. Um, So, I just feel he was already in doubt this offseason. So, I could see see him getting fired. Uh, Yeah, I could see him. I, I can see him or Zimmer. Yeah, did no, they sorry. add um, Denzel Perriman? No, Carolina, I believe. Doesn't matter. He gets injured every year anyway. He's a fucking beast <laughs> when he's healthy, though. I like that well, guy. Yes, he can, but he's I think useless. he's Carolina. Yeah, I do right. too. That's the lineup card for today. Uh, hand it over, back over to Colin. Yeah, all I got left is rant, and I'm not sure whose it is. We're going to have to uh, incorporate Dan well, in this rotation somehow. Right. Is Dan ranting about me on the on the other podcast? Oh, right? you're going to hear from me on the all Gridiron right. podcast. So, <laughs> if, uh, if it's not I Dan, I believe it would be Evan, and okay. then Newman next pod. No, yeah, I I'll go today. Okay, whatever. Well, well Newman, do you have one prepared? Newman, well, I had one prepared because I think it is my turn, but I know oh, Evan ahead, has then. been bitching about the traffic, so I would, if he wants to rant about it, I'm happy to hear it. No, what, what do you got? Do you got anything good? I have a baseball thing, but if you want to talk about traffic, you can. Well, maybe maybe we should do like a minute and a half of both Hey, of Hey, how about this? How about Newman does a rant, and then uh, we'll shoot the shit about traffic for five minutes. All right. <laughs> I hate that shit, too. Sure. All right. Uh, this, it's only been a little bit over an hour, so it's not really, the time's not really a big deal. Uh, okay. Newman, when you are ready, I will press go. Okay, so this this happened like a week ago, but we haven't recorded in so fucking long, so I've been saving it. 
Uh, but it's with it has to do with our good friend Tony Larusa, who we love to talk about on this podcast. So let me let me set the scene for you, right? Late innings against the Indians, first and second. Karinchek is on the mound. He's a wild fucker. You got Jose Abreu, your former MVP, up at the plate. Karinchek throwing wild. The catcher sets up inside. Karinchek plunks him in the head. Here comes fucking Tony Larusa waddling his ass out i'm like oh is he gonna go check on his former mvp nope steps over jose abreu's head who's probably concussed and starts pushing perez the catcher later in the interview they ask him what the fuck are you doing he's like the catcher set up inside when karen check was wild why would he set up inside and i'm thinking to myself why all right if karen check is throwing wild how about we take the zone and take away a third of it. So now he only has two thirds of the zone to throw in. That's a fucking genius idea, Tony LaRussa. And two, your fucking star player is on the ground. Why would you not, you you waddled your ass all the way out of the dugout and instead of checking on him, <laughs> you went and shoved the, the, the catcher and started a benches clearing brawl for no fucking reason. It was so ridiculous. He's so out of touch with anything to do with baseball. Then he waddles his ass back into the dugout while the benches are clearing. I'm like, oh my fucking God. And he ruined Mercedes' career. So fuck Tony Larissa. Yeah, I'll give my quick uh, thoughts on that. One, Mercedes has issues in his of own. Of his own. Of his own. Oh, yeah, clearly. Two, I did see Jose Brave came out and uh, like was like, oh yeah, like we love Tony, whatever. Which, whatever. You can take it out you want to. But I and well, I got four thoughts. Three, the dude was moving, dude. He looked like one of those, like, birds at the beach that has, like, those little legs that go, like, so fast. Like, you mean a fucking seagull? No, not a seagull. <laughs> I, I, I see these, like, little birds with these, like, stick legs. Like, really weird. Not not even seagulls. I mean, Talking maybe about yourself? Ones? I don't know. <laughs> not myself. No. <laughs> and then um, four, I did see Tony got ejected a couple times, uh, so I'm happy that he did that. Yeah. Um, look, is Tony LaRusso scaring anyone? I mean, what's what's he think he's accomplishing by pushing Roberto Perez, a man 50 years younger? So strange. Evan, shall we talk traffic? Yeah, so I can, I'll, I'll just talk. Um, yeah, so I gave someone the finger today. Um not my best moment, I admit. I was cranky. I was hungry. I had to go to the bathroom. But so there's this like long line and uh, to get off this one exit, and it just goes so far back. And it's like, well, you would think, all right, let me wait my turn, right? Like you're not gonna be, you're just you're just gonna get in the line for the exit. You're just gonna wait in the traffic, whatever, bumper to bumper, and you just deal with it. But then there are these fucking assholes. And if you're one of these people that does it and you are listening to this podcast, go fuck yourself. Just go fuck yourself. Like you're a complete asshole. You're fucking rude. You have no morals. It's a sleazebag move. You, you cut all the way. So, right. So the one lane on the right is the exit. It's all backed up. You are that asshole that, goes in the middle lane and then goes all the way up to the exit past like hundreds of cars right before the exit to merge in. You're a fucking asshole. Wait your fucking turn. Don't be one of those just, and then it's like, well, then the people have to let you win because now you're holding up the other lane. I waited probably 15 minutes in that lane and I'm right at the exit and this fucking cunt, sorry, bitch, whatever. <laughs> they have to bleep that out. I don't know what the language is on here. I'll let it fly. Um, There's an explosive warning. Fly. She, this bitch cuts me off as I'm like about to exit. I'm like, you didn't wait your fucking turn. You didn't wait your 15 minutes. I could have gone home 15 minutes faster than you. I drove for fucking like nine hours today. No, she feels the need to just jump right in front of me, not waiting her turn. I, and so many people do this. And I just go like this. <laughs> it's a big fuck you and if you're someone that does that go fuck yourself i don't fucking like you you're a piece of shit you're spineless just go go think about your life was it worth it being an asshole in that second wasn't worth it all right people really are assholes on the road 
That's my yeah. little rant. Sad thing is it works. It saves those people time. It works. <laughs> it's awful. And you have to let them in because the other lane is then backed up. No, no, no. If I'm in the exit lane and you're trying to cut me off, fuck you. I'm not letting you cut me off. Yeah. You can sit and Lick my in the sack, lane. dude. <laughs> dude, uh, so I got a traffic story. I'm getting off 125. I'm getting off uh, exit 51B. You guys are all familiar. Or old exit 51B since the state <laughs> yes. decided to change the fucking exits like a bunch of jerk-offs. Uh, we're getting off what I believe is now exit uh, 110B. Um and, you know, it's two lanes. You, you get off, you yield, you merge in. Two lanes merges to one in a traffic light. So, I, you know, kind of being an asshole, I hop in the left lane. I pass six or seven cars because it looks like there's an opening up ahead. And I come up behind an, a, a black minivan, and I'm watching all these cars in the right lane pass me. And I'm, I'm like, looking around, like, oh, is there a car stopped in front of them? Like, what's going on? It's like, mm-hmm. 20 yards ish in between them and the next car. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? I thought I got in the left lane to pass all these fuckers. And, and the fucking black minivan parked in the middle of the road. Just stop. <laughs> just stop for like a minute and just let 20 cars that I just passed drive right by me. I'm like, fuck's going on? Come to find out, they just weren't looking at the road. Fucking brutal. Stay off your goddamn phones, especially people from the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> Fucking scumbags on the road. Yeah, it's, it's brutal out there. I have a migraine right now. I'm just powering through. And we have a whole nother pod, sir. I know. Hey, I'm excited for this next one. Me as well. Shall we wrap this one up? Episode 24. Uh, one more episode and we're a quarter way to a buckaroo 100 episodes my friends long way to go long way to go is right all right that'll wrap it up uh thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for episode 25 next week later is put your tears away and no fear today you can drive off towards that summertime sunset but you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts You don't have to lie.